This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Carm Capriato, Town Hall Academy. Yeah, it's number 354. Good to have you here. We are going to talk about, I think, one of the biggest topics leading into whatever we may consider the fall or the downtime or maybe even a potential recession. And we're going to talk about deferred work. I am with one heck of a group of shop owners here. In fact, ironically, they're not only shop owners, they're also business coaches. Let me introduce them to you. With me is Bill Greeno, President, Quality Automotive Servicing out of Truckee, California since 2009. Hello, Bill. Good, Karn. How are you? Glad to have you here. Nevada Accounting Planning Commissioner. When did that happen? 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, yeah. So the shop's in Truckee, but what do you live in Nevada? Nevada County. We were Nevada before that state over there was, by the way. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> So Nevada County is in California. Yes. Interesting. You just learn all this stuff as you go. Thanks for being here. Also an elite coach, Jaron Kleber is here, national sales manager, repair shop of tomorrow. Hello, Jaron. Hey, Carm. Good to be back with you and excited for this panel. Saw you at last week at Apex. Yes, we were there. Long week as always in Vegas, but a lot of good stuff. And the industry is buzzing and moving in the right direction. So it's really exciting. Sure is. Thank you. Tom Shearer is here, president Shears Sales and Service, Allentown, PA. Hello, Tom. How are you? Good, Carm. Thanks for having me here. Oh, I'd love to have you here. Thank you. And also a coach with 180Biz and our friend Rick White. Yes, sir. How cool is that? Well, look, at before we move on, I do want to talk about our great sponsors. And together with Shopware, now don't wait for month-end surprises when it comes to your numbers. Stay on top with advanced analytics from Shopware. Compare metrics anytime, eliminate guesswork, and make data-driven decisions for your automotive business. Explore at GetShopware.com. And are you up to date on your training? Well, Delphi Technologies is proud to offer over 30 courses run by ASE certified technicians for professionals. Turn to the OE aftermarket supplier with over 100 years of experience. Inquire today. Talk to my friends at DelphiAftermarket.com. And something really important I'd love to remind everyone about is that we have a Toastmasters group, a virtual Toastmasters, RemarkableResults.biz forward slash Toastmasters. We'd love to have you join. It's a twice a month gathering. Trust me, you will become a more confident and a better speaker. Guys, thank you for being on here to talk about deferred work as a sales growth tactic. A couple of things that I believe our audience wants to learn about, and I'm curious about, that there's a lot of concern about the future as it relates to consumer spending. So we literally have this built-up bank, if you will, of opportunity because... There's a lot of pent-up maintenance that's necessary. And affordability is key to consider since, as I think about the consumer, I got I saw the stat from the Department of Labor. S- savings is down 1% in the last six months, the money that people are savings, and that more people are list, living paycheck to paycheck. And we're in a situation that's unlike the COVID boom, as we called it. We're sitting on a goldmine of knowledge of deferred work since it sits inside of our shop management system. CRM systems can help support this effort. Maybe you just get the need to know how they work a little bit better. Smooth out your workflow by working outbound opportunities and schedule X number of deferred opportunities each day. So maybe you go to your team and say, 
we're looking for two deferred work bookings, maybe twice a week, maybe it's three three a week, maybe it's one a day. That would be a, a KPI or a goal to set. Exit scheduling, huge. Not sure we're doing enough of that. And what are the disciplines needed to grow this opportunity? Tom, I want to start with you. It kind of starts with the discovery conversation that you have with your client. Absolutely. Starts with that conversation, letting them know what they're going to expect by doing business with us and how we are going to be here to help them and just kind of leading them along in that process so that they can be better prepared on the day that they come in. And, hey, you know, you drop off your car. We're looking for you to uh, drop off by 8 a.m. We're going to be in touch with you after our inspection, diagnosis, evaluation by noon with an update as far as what your car needs, proper estimate, and a time for completion. And just setting up that whole expectation throughout the whole process. Jaron, I think you are a huge disciplinarian when it comes to managing that exit uh, upon closing the sale. Tom just talked about that initial experience. And so I think it's really important that from a pre-arrival experience, maybe figuring out ways that you can reach out, touch your clients, whether it's via text message, whether it's sending just a short kind of video, just so that they know what to expect when they come into the shop. But to me, something that I think gets missed a lot of times is that exit experience. We all know that you can have a great experience, right, Carm? restaurant, business, whatever you're talking, wherever you're at. But if somebody messes up that last experience that you have with them, then that's all the consumer remembers. And there's 180,000 shops across the country, give or take is what the numbers say. And so as a shop owner, what are you doing to make that experience one that your client wants to repeat for a lifetime? Because we're not going to be able to sell them deferred work if they don't even want to come back into the shop, if, if they have a bad experience, well, it doesn't matter how good our CRM is. It doesn't matter. So I like to use sports analogies. I'll shout out to Carm and, and his producer, Tracy, Buffalo Bills, go Bills. And Tracy will like that. But if Josh Allen has the ball and he's executing a perfect two minute drive, he's throwing the ball, he's running, the Buffalo Bills are on the one yard line and they're getting ready to score. And Josh Allen fumbles the ball and the other team recovers it and the clock goes to zero, guess what? The Buffalo Bills just lost the game. And so I think as a shop owner, we need to take that mentality. What are we doing at that exit experience to make sure that we're executing and that we're organized so that that client leaves feeling like, hey, this was good. I want to come back and experience this again. You know what I loved about what he just said? He created, if you will, a mental mind gap. Next time you have a meeting with your people, let's not fumble the ball. Because that's what you just said. You disappointed everyone because we fumbled the ball. We were so good right up to here. And then we fumbled the balls. Let me ask you guys a question. All of you can chime in. When we were inside of COVID heavy, we said this touchless thing, this where you pay the bill, you don't even have to be here. We took the person intimacy away. And is it time to get it back? You know, the question I have coming into this, why is there deferred work? Why isn't the car perfect when it leaves our shop? And I know not everybody's going to approve everything every time, but the old adage in sales, assume the sale. I want my customers and my clients' customers to want their cars perfect all the time. And if I'm talking to somebody about their car, I'm, I'm going to talk about how their car can be great, how their car looks when it's when everything is repaired. Not going straight to prioritizing a list or going straight to what they may defer, what they may not buy. It's not even buying that I'm talking about. It's making their car reliable. Yeah, for sure. Safe. 
Yeah. You said about getting back away from that COVID experience. There's some people that have just really embraced that and do not want to give that up anymore. They don't want to come in. They want to communicate by text and email and after hours pickup and everything else. And I think it's important to be flexible and to be able to honor what they are looking for and kind of feed from both sides, if you will. You know, there's a thought. If the consumer continues to want text, email, after hours, pickup and all of that, and we don't have a chance, guys, to do this exit the right way. Again, Bill, I love it. Assume the sale. You don't always get it. It's the real world. But if those customers could be flagged as a low-touch customer, then the discipline to bring in the deferred work should be on those customers that we don't get a chance to really talk to and explain these things were close, they're critical. I know you don't have the money right now. We were a little too busy. We couldn't schedule it. We'd love to bring you in in three weeks on a Monday at two o'clock. Can you drop the car off? We'll have it done by Tuesday. Are we even asking? Yeah, I think you did that really well, Carm, because you asked the question. And we get so into ourselves. We get so into what we know. We're so smart because we know everything about their car and we know everything about car maintenance. And we just tell people everything. We've, this is what we saw. This is what your car needs. This is how much it's going to cost. And we forget that we're actually supposed to be having a conversation. And, and you can ask questions through text. You can ask questions through email. You can ask questions over the phone. But one thing that I wrote down here is people do a great job of listening to themselves. If you can get the customer to answer the questions, they'll answer their own questions. I think that's a great point. I've been in a, a sales capacity throughout my professional career, 15 years in the in the automotive industry. And Bill, to your point, if you ask the right questions, I don't care what industry you're in, the client will tell you what's important to them and ultimately tell you how to sell to them. Sometimes that word selling or salespeople, it gets a negative connotation. It shouldn't because sales exists because we have a solution to a problem. So we have the solution to fix that problem, but we need to be able to listen to their concerns, repeat their concerns and ask open-ended questions and really get them talking because they will tell you what's important to them. And when you focus on what's important to your client, that allows them to trust you, which ultimately allows them to buy more services. Absolutely. That's so on point, Jaron. And deferred work is not only our greatest asset, it's our greatest liability as shop owners, because if somebody leaves my shop without a safety item, I have blown it. That's on me. I always tell people when things are are dicey, put yourself in front of the judge. And if the family went down the road and had an accident because something they deferred, they're going to sue you. Even if they deferred it, that's what the lawyers do. They sue everybody. And what's the judge going to do? He's going to have to think about whether or not and how much liability you had in this because of deferred work. And we call it sales, but it's really education. It's educating the customer so that they understand the best way to have a great investment in their automobile, reliable investment, safe investment. You know, I have a friend, Brett Beachler from Peoria, shop owner, and he did an an episode with me about his long-term maintenance and scheduling the appointments, just like dentists. You know how you can't get out of the seat unless you schedule six months down. They've gotten so good at this. And frankly, I want that. I don't want to have to think about it. I'm going to leave with a date. If it works for me or not, I got a date. And his whole concept is to help consumers realize that he can help them get 175 to 225,000 miles on their vehicle. And when you think about the sales process that you guys are all kind of talking about, sit down with 
with your team and say, how are we going to do this? Do we ask the customer, does he like new car smell? Think where that could go. <laughs> and got anything wrong with the plumbing at home? I mean, if you think about how life can compare to the, to the safety reliability of the vehicle, there's so much fun you can have with that. For sure. And the exit scheduling side of things, in all honesty, you know, our company's not the best at this. It's, it's a work in progress. People that we do work that out with, they, they love it. So it's a responsibility that we have to help them stay on top of their maintenance on their car and their, you know, their deferrals and, and things like that. So it's a huge way to take that burden off of them and put it onto us. I would love to talk about the how. How do we use CRM? You know, what's our discipline inside? Let's jump into that. But Bill, go ahead. That's a great segue, actually, because as we're talking about all this, I'm realizing and remembering what we talked about earlier is there's people out there not inspecting vehicles. There is no deferred work at their shop. They don't have inspection uh, methods. And I'm actually asking right now to anybody listening that has a shop in Long Island where my daughter can have a preventative maintenance inspection done. She's currently buying a water pump. There's no inspection happening. In fact, I told her to make sure she gets a belt because that belt has been soaked. It was not on the invoice. Oh, no. <laughs> I have to say, I'm the naive one here. The rest of these guys we talked about a little while ago, they knew more than me about how many shops are not doing inspections. And I had no idea. The thing is, you know, as we all travel, you know, I travel across the country quite a bit and doing shows. And Bill, to your point, there seems to be this stigma that doing a digital inspection is going to make me look like I'm trying to just sell you a bunch of unneeded services and repairs. And the, the panel on this call is probably all doing some sort of 300% rule within their DVI. And the purpose of, of putting that together is like we're talking about. The purpose is to build value and to build a maintenance plan for your client's vehicle. We need to help the industry transition your shops or your mindset from a hey, my car is broken. I need it fixed now. That's very reactive. Carm, we need to transition it to a proactive maintenance style facility because this is their second biggest investment in most people's lives. Carm, you said it earlier. People are living paycheck to paycheck. It's up to us to educate the consumer, let them know what's going on with their vehicle. And we have to do that. We have to do that through a digital inspection. It's not about losing that personal touch. I hear that all the time. Well, Jaron, my clients come to me because I have this personal relationship and touch with them. I don't want you to not pick up the phone and call them, but I want you to use the technology that's available to you to enhance that client experience. So we're not saying use digital inspections, use text messages and never call or never talk to your people, your clients. Now, again, some people want that type of environment. So we need to have some sort of balance and maybe like make sure we're always just meeting our clients' expectations. But at the end of the day, digital vehicle inspection, selling deferred work, this isn't like stuff that we need to prepare for the future. If you're not doing it now, then quite frankly, you're just in the past. You're not in the present. And we have a responsibility with them too. You know, I mean, it's our responsibility to keep that vehicle safe, reliable, and efficient. And how are we going to do that? It's not by fixing broken cars. Do you want to make more money? I'm sure you do. But how do you maximize profit without sacrificing service? Well, Shopware can help you. We are the auto repair software solution. Sure, there are cheaper options out there, but the old adage that you get what you pay for still holds true. 
And when you go shopping for a car, do you just pick the cheapest one available or do you pick the one that meets your needs? With Shopware, you can digitally track jobs in real time, optimize parts pricing, and transform your business. Shopware can take the guesswork out of your operations, allowing you to make data-driven decisions to help your business be successful. We have features the wannabes can't touch, and they know it. That's why they're so cheap. But hey, don't take our word for it. Check out Shopware. The product speaks for itself. Visit GetShopware.com for a free demonstration. As the trusted aftermarket brand for over 100 years, Delphi Technologies is by your side for every step of the repair process. The Delphi journey doesn't stop once the parts are ordered. Wherever your journey takes you, our quality parts gives you ease of mind when getting your customer's vehicle back on the road. Technicians know and trust Delphi as a quality brand. Each product undergoes rigorous testing to not only meet OE standards, but also enhance it in each opportunity. From 700 hours of spray testing on chassis components to fuel pumps tested for reliability up to 150,000 miles. And safety and reliability is paramount to help vehicles drive cleaner, better, and further throughout their lives. Delphi is also committed in developing products and services to prepare technicians for the future. Take advantage of how-to videos on YouTube, technician-led trainings, and our technical support line, and more. Turn to the aftermarket parts supplier with over 100 years of OEM trust and quality. Learn more about Delphi. Visit DelphiAftermarket.com. And if you go to a shop owner, and we know that's a large category of people who listen to this show to come here for business acumen and you're not doing DVI. I don't know how I could best explain based on what I heard from you guys. When you go to the doctor, I think, I don't know, do you have to be 50 and then they want you to go every year? I don't know what the number is. I don't remember. I'm not there yet, so I don't know. All right. So you wouldn't know. Okay. I don't know, Bill. I don't want to pick on you or me, but I'm at that I have to go every year thing, right? Okay. <laughs> when you think about going every year, there's a le level of comfort in knowing, you know, why does the doctor squeeze my ankles? I asked them one day, well, there's there's a lot we can tell if you're holding water and what's going on and pressing over here. And he, he's doing all these things and you just think he's going through motions. <laughs> and they can learn so much about how you stand, how you walk. They're starting to give you memory tests today. Can you remember these five words I just told you? But I'm going to ask you in another 10 minutes. And all of those things have to do with safe, reliability, cognitive stuff. What's the difference in the vehicle that takes us to our job, earns us money, keeps our kids safe, makes the kids happy because they can, we're soccer moms. I have a problem hearing the excuses that are coming from certain shop owners that say, my guys won't do DVIs and my customers won't care. And if we wanted to lift our industry and our companies into a level of professionalism, which you guys are all at and continue to work hard at, why would someone not want to have the DVI and then ultimately, Bill, take that into the deferred work category and work it? Yeah, gosh, you throw me under the bus on that question because I don't have an answer of why someone wouldn't want to have an inspection at their shop. It is really interesting. And whether it's digital or not, right? You could do it with a piece of paper and a telephone. That's not an issue. I think we've, those of us who have experienced the world of digital appreciate the opportunities that it has opened up to us with, with the ways we can communicate with photos and videos. So I think when you ask about the, the how, it makes me think of a story that just happened at, at my shop. And there's a vehicle from Palo Alto 
coming up over Donner Summit, which is 6,300 feet, big pass coming up from sea level, Palo Alto. The owners are driving an F-350 Ford Dually with horses that are on their way to Kentucky to a horse show. So these are probably expensive horses. I'm just going to guess that. Completely air-conditioned trailer with the whole shoot match. They lost a coolant hose coming over the summit. Car ended up here, truck ended up here. When it got here, we did our inspection and we found that the pad on one front brake was gone. They were into the caliper pistons. And on the other side, the caliper had actually melted. The seals had melted behind the brake pad. Turns out that the shop that it came from did their inspections. They didn't find out how the customer uses this truck. So what I'm going to say here about how we do it, we have to learn about our customers. We have to get curious and tune in and ask questions. Somebody's driving an F-350 Dually. Why? Oh, well, we have horses and we, and we drive across the country with them. You drive over the Sierras and the Rockies. So is four millimeters of brake surface for the dad who drives back and forth from work in town? Sure. We'll do that the next time it comes in for a service. No problem. But four millimeters on a F-350 pulling tens of thousands of pounds, tons of weight, that truck is getting brakes now. The coolant lines, truck's got 100,000 miles on it, rubber hoses, and those haven't been replaced. So I think the point I'm trying to make here is we have to involve the customer in a relationship where we actually are interested in how they use their cars. We don't have to be interested in them or their lives, but we at least... Not to say you shouldn't be or can't be, but we have to know how they use their vehicles. We have to find out, back to Jaron's comment from earlier, if you ask people questions, they'll tell you how to sell to them. Or you could put it another way if you want to take the word sale out of it. If you ask questions and you find out how this person uses their vehicle, you can make the right recommendations. Those are great points. Tom, I want to go to you and I want to really talk about, you've got the data, it's there. You know it's deferred. You can look at every spreadsheet you want, but you got to figure out how to manage and lead it. Let's go into this how. How often would you be touching base with the customer? Do you wait a couple of weeks before you would connect with them, either through CRM, texting, or a phone call? Yeah. So for us, my thought process and plan is we want to touch base 21 to 28 days, three to four weeks after their visit, basically just giving a little general reminder of the recommendation of the deferral, along with an incentive to schedule those repairs. And I mean, it's a matter of choice as to whether you do an incentive or not, but we're touching base there. And then if we're not getting anywhere, if they're not scheduling, if they're not doing anything, they're not letting us know, hey, I took care of this on my own or some other fashion, we're circling back in another 60 days. And again, offering another incentive for them to do that. If nothing really comes about with that, then pretty much what's going to come about is when they schedule an appointment again, we're going to bring that up with them. Hey, last time you were in, we talked about your breaks. We're down at three millimeters, three thirty seconds. Have you done anything? If you didn't, we should probably take a look again and think about getting that handled. Would that be the wrong question to ask? I don't mean to interrupt you, Tom, but have you done anything almost infers it's okay if you went somewhere else? I don't think it's the wrong question to ask because everybody has their own situation. You know, maybe we didn't have time to get that handled. Maybe it was, you know, they're do it yourself, but that should all come out within the uh, discovery conversation as well. So to Bill's point, and you should know what's going on. Comments? I would just add to the how piece. Well, a couple things. Circling back just a second, why aren't people using digital vehicle inspections? And if there's people listening that aren't using DVI, I think the biggest 
contention is just change. We're creatures of habit. No one likes change. And so when I come across someone that's not using digital inspections, and a lot of times, right, it's not that the owner isn't wanting to do it. It's the fear of the change that his employees are going to push back. And so a way that I try to explain or bridge that gap is sit with your technicians and show them all those KPIs that matter, whether, you know, average repair order, effective labor rate, labor hours per ticket, and show them where they currently are and then say, hey, look, this is the process we're going to put in place. We're working with a coach. We're going to help us implement these processes. We need you to do those for 30 days. If you do those for 30 days, then we sit back down and we review those numbers and we show them where they're at, right? Where their effective labor rate is improved labor hours per ticket, average repair order. And if we're doing some sort of pay plan that is incentivizing, then of course, now we've got our team bought in. I think that's a lot of the problem where people are just afraid of change and they don't want too much pushback. And they feel like maybe the technicians, because of the state of the industry we're in, have a little bit, maybe too much control over the business. I think that's maybe one thing that holds up people from doing it. How do we mine that data? How do we use that data? CRM, of course, right? We're making our recommendations in our shop management software and we're letting our CRM pick that up. Tom, I love that you're communicating back out three weeks. There's nothing wrong, like you said, offering someone an incentive to come back and get that work done. One thing that we really try to focus on a lot with our CRM is we are retention, retention, retention. We are constantly doing retention-based marketing and we are touching our best clients every 30 days. And so not only are they getting their reminders from their CRM software, they're constantly getting, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on email, whether it's direct mail, they're getting our information put out in front of them, right? So that when they get that text message and they see that it's time to get those breaks replaced, our shops, your shops are top of mind. We all know it's way more cost effective to retain the clients we have than to go out and try to find new clients. And I think a lot of us in this industry have more cars than we need to work on. And so when it comes to deferred work, we want to see how can we get that average client, that vehicle to come back to us more often. And I think the best way to do that is through retention marketing and using the tools that you have available inside your shop management system, inside your CRMs, and really leverage that technology. So frankly, we don't need this episode. We could just can it. We don't even have to publish this. Because the answer is you have the data, you need the process system and discipline, you shove it over to CRM, and you let it do its work. So if that's the case, how good does the CRM do for you? What's the percentage? If we're throwing all this data, Jaron, Tom, Bill, at our CRM system and asking it to do its work for us, garbage in, garbage out, so we're putting good stuff in, What's the percentage of customers picking up their phone, utilizing that quote unquote coupon or saying yes to a forward leaning call? How often do we use the phone call as part of our CRM process? I mean, I think this is, we want to go deep into the hows, how you guys pull on those levers. For me, unfortunately, I don't have that percentage data as far as what kind of responses and everything we're getting. And honestly, Karma, I wish I did have that information. I was. So my gut is telling me maybe 20, 25% as far as coming back with those deferred recommendations and so on and so forth. What do you guys think? I think that there's no replacement for human contact personally. I think it's what we do with the digital is is very important today, especially for our Gen Zs, let alone our millennials. 
Hey now. Well, they, they yeah. <laughs> what did I do? They use technology more than we do, right? The baby boomers and the Xers were probably more about human contact. That said, my millennial service manager, Maggie, has huge wins with phone calls all the time. I think that the digital end is a maintenance level and it sets up the conversation. So if we send them the DVI, and this is a big part of my how, when you send them the DVI, you need to call them up and ask questions not tell them things. You just told them everything you needed in this inspection. Ask them, hey, did you get the digital inspection? Yeah, I got it. Or no, I didn't. Oh, if you go to your email, you'll see that there's a link there. And if you tap on that, you can see the inspection. Would you like me to walk you through it? Can I tell you about what it says? Can I explain what this means? These are red, these are yellow, these are green. Do you understand what it means here that your brakes are at are red, they're at two millimeters. Do you understand the consequences of continuing to use these brakes? I mean, this is asking an affirmative question as opposed to, do you understand what this can going to cost you if you don't fix these things, right? That's a threatening question. That's not going to work. Or, hey, these brakes need to be replaced. See that red two millimeters? That means they need to be replaced. We can do that today. Well, you're backing them into a corner. Bill, you're talking about the DVI that just happened today. Right. Because I don't think any normal shop would let a break job, something that's that critical, leave. And that's a great question. But say a loose suspension somewhere and they just didn't have the money, but you can't let it go much more than two or three more months before something critical could happen. Again, all the additional costs that a loose front end would have on a vehicle. And to me, that those are the talking points that happen post I didn't want to spend the money. And within 21, 28 days, up to 60 days and having that CRM churn. But Bill, he brings up such a great point. There's nothing that takes the place of that personal phone call. Here's the point, guys. If the CRM isn't, we should have had a CRM expert come on so that they could really help us with it and bring some stats. And maybe we will. Maybe we'll have a follow up on this episode by bringing in three CRMers that, you know, they sell the software and they can tell us the stats. But Jared, you guys are so big at RSOT on processes systems, big. And I would imagine that the deferred data has a place in some kind of procedure. After this particular time, we let CRM do its churn. Now we have to make that phone call. Retention, wanting the customer, building loyalty, and the whole safety side of it. Again, process, processes, processes, right? That's extremely important. And it goes back to kind of what we talked a lot a little bit earlier. It's the technology is great. But to your point, Carm, at picking up the phone and interacting with individuals, that's what allows you to build that trust and to get that client to come back in. We touched on it a little bit earlier. Exit scheduling. Tom, I think you said that's an area where you feel like your shop maybe doesn't do a very good job at exit scheduling. And so we have a, a detailed process of questions to ask during that exit portion of the experience. And so we're trying to train our people to be proactive. And again, the data is the data. Garbage in, garbage out, like you said, Carm. But if we're using our shop management system and we're putting the correct information in there, I can now use that data at that exit experience to start to talk about, hey, based on your client history, you drive X amount of miles per month. We put the odometers in, depending on what shop management system you use, they should give you a daily average of what that vehicle drives. Okay, so now we have that information going back to being prepared, organized, execute at this exit experience. And so we have that data. So based on this, what we know from your vehicle, you've been coming to me, Carm, as a loyal customer for many years, 
this needs to be scheduled in 35 days. And so let's pull up the calendar. Let's take a look. Let's see what time works best for you. And we always in this industry talk about the dentist or the doctor. But again, they're the ones that do it the best. I had a conversation with my dentist because I told her, you do such an amazing job with retention, with marketing, with just everything around the experience. No one likes going to the dentist. And my dentist is amazing. And she said, they don't teach us to ask for the appointment. They tell us your six-month appointment is at this date. What time works for you? And why can't we do that? You see, that's the problem that I have is you don't get out of the seat. And oh, by the way, let me just suggest, because my dentist is a friend and he just retired, just got bought out. And I want to sit him down with a beer someday and say, Dan, what's your coaching companies like? What are the disciplines that they're teaching you? I'm observing it, right? I'm watching it. I'm watching them sell x-rays. I'm watching them sell root canals. I'm being sold. I don't have to buy a thing, right? And I'm watching and trying to figure out what a dentist's KPIs are. But guess what? We're loyal soldiers. Yes, sir, I'll have another. We're saluting to whatever they tell us we have to do because it's our body. It's our health. They say a lot of things that are wrong with your teeth can affect your heart. If that's the case, that's a good scare tactic, real or not. I think it is real. So I'm not saying scare tactic or not. I think our dentist has built the relationship with us where we want to do the things they tell us to do. And why should it be any different with our car? It's a bullet on the road. Well, it shouldn't be. And again, it goes back to, I can't remember, Tom, if it was you or Bill, right? But I think it was you, Tom, setting that expectation when that client comes in and letting them know this is the experience that you're going to get. This is how we operate at XYZ Automotive. And then following that up with the professionalism of a digital inspection with pictures, with videos, with animations, and really taking the professionalism to another level where... They do trust you. You are the expert. So to your point, Carm, can we get to a place where we just say, this is when your next appointment is? I think if we build the trust and the experience is valuable and it's one that they want to repeat, I don't think we're that far off from being able to do that. And I think both of you as shop owners probably have clients today that will absolutely say, when do I need to bring my car back in? And well, you're going you're gonna to tell them and they're going to just schedule it and be there. To that point, and to, I guess, give a tip of the hat to technology, I can't believe that there are still shop management systems out there today that do not allow you to pre-book the next appointment. That's a big challenge out there that we have. There's workarounds for most of them. But for me, it was probably maybe 10 years ago when a customer first complained to me and said, I didn't get notice about my next appointment and I ran over on my service. For me, that was 10 years ago. The fact that today people aren't doing that, Carm, it just blows my mind. We've recently started a mobile oil service to service some of our customers a little differently. The shortcoming of a mobile service is the car doesn't go in the air. You don't get a complete inspection. You would be amazed how many people will, our customers, avoid the convenience of a mobile service so that they can get a complete inspection. We've educated the customer over time how important this is. And they've obviously seen the fruits of it. So even if you think somebody's maybe upfront, not your customer, or they're not a buyer, or they don't take good care of their vehicle, to me, that all comes back to the shop. What's the shop not doing? 
Is the shop not inspecting the vehicle? Is the shop not selling the work, educating the customer, following up every 30 days, setting the expectations, like Tom said, up front, this is the way we do it. And planting in people's brain that this is like the dentist. It's happening. That's already happening in the industry. I know it's happening in Truckee. Yeah, for sure. And along the way, it's we just going back a little ways, we talked about preparing our customers for the consequences. And we're instituting within with us is we always talked about the C's, complaint, cause, correction. We're actually at the five C's now. Complaint, cause, correction, confirmation, and what's the consequence for not doing it. And when you're following up, it's perfectly fine to talk about that consequence of what's going to happen. It doesn't need to be scare tactics. It doesn't need to be forceful and everything else. But it's, hey, this is what you can experience by not uh, addressing this in a timely fashion. Guys, I have fallen in love with this episode as far as the wide-ranging discussion points here we have covered. I think we nailed it as we circle the wagons in all this discussion, my personal big takeaway, and I want each of you to do a summary here in a moment, but if you are my client, now Tom, it was Bill who said this, maybe Jaron, this is how we do it. I mean, to me, there's a takeaway. There's a quote. You are our client. I don't care if it's their first time here, if it's their 30th time here. They need to be reminded, you're our client, and this is how we do it. You'll get a, you're going to be getting a phone call from us. We're going to double check on some of that deferred work. We care about your vehicle as much as you. We want it to last as long as you possibly can. There's a safety reliability factor. That's why you come here. You're our client. This is how we do it. So if it seems phony to us that we're pushing this hard for them, it's not as much revenue generation as it is being professional and doing the right thing. Sure, we got to keep our doors open. We got people to pay. We got things to do. So if we have that built in, by the way, this is how we do it. And we're going to set the appointment. And if you can't make it, listen, we'll work together on making it right for you. So I am confused as to why we have yet as an industry to move aggressively toward that style of relationship. And it all happened because we came here to talk about deferred work as sales growth tactic. Can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Tom Shearer from Shearer's Sales and Service, Allentown, PA. Tom, your last words. So in regards to the deferred work, it's, again, it, it's all starting in the beginning. Discovery conversation, letting them know what to expect by doing business with you, assuring that you're here to help, and just letting them know, touching with them, and helping them keep their car safe, reliable, and efficient. Bill, any final words? If you want to have a customer who wants to be scheduled for their next appointment, a customer who wants to come back to you to get all their work done and to have a perfect car, you need to get curious and you need to get curious with the customer and learn about their needs for the vehicle, their uses for the vehicle, their habits with the vehicle, because these are going to drive the conversations. These are going to drive the needs. Summer's coming up and you know that that person goes on these big road trips and it's May and their next service is coming. Hey, at your next service, we're going to schedule these things. At Elite, one of the things we say is, the deferred maintenance is the first step to your next sale. It's all right there. Here's what you're going to do next time you come in, Carm, right? You got your teeth cleaned this time. Next time you come in, we're going to keep an eye on that cavity that we see developing, but you need to focus on that spot, right? You need to keep an eye on this thing. We'll fix it next time you're in. I love it. So until the next time I come in, every time I hear the word or think of the word dentist, I think of that cavity they're keeping an eye on. Those breaks are that front end are all these issues that are going on because we set the expectation. Jaron, Jason, Kleber, uh, <laughs> I'm, really, 
Jared, you're up next. The final words from Repair Shop of Tomorrow. Yeah, so just remembering back to what I said in the beginning, I really truly believe that the exit experience something that you have to perfect. And there's ways, you know, with gifts and little trinkets, you know, that you can enhance that experience. And I know, Carm, you, I think you, you wrote this down, but we can't fumble the ball, right? So we can execute everything throughout the process. But if we fumble the ball, we lose. And if we really want to sell and get better at really at doing anything, but selling more deferred work, there's really three things. We need discipline, we need process, and we need repetition. And that goes for being successful at anything. So discipline, process, repetition will ultimately help you be more successful. Well, that's a great summary of the how, guys. Well, this was great. Bill Greeno, Jaron Kleber, and Tom Shearer. Tom, I'll see you in the Caribbean. Yes, sir. A few short weeks away. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 